0: If you don't have central air in your home, the options usually are something that blocks your window, makes lots of noise and contributes to climate change. I'm Robert Colangelo and this is Green Sense where we present eco-innovations. One that caught our eye is a new air conditioner from Gradient that has a much improved design and is more efficient than typical window units. We're joined by Vince Romanin, the CEO of Gradient. Vince, thank you for joining us on Green Sense.
1: Yes, hello, Robert, thank you for having me.
0: Well, you're a pretty smart guy. You've got a PhD there from University of California Berkeley in fluid mechanics. Uh, So uh, we'll try to keep it pretty simple today because most of the (laughs) audience uh, uh, doesn't uh, have a deep uh, understanding of thermodynamics, but uh, let's get into it. Um, First, let's talk about what does your system look like, and then we'll get into how it works. Uh, Your design is a saddle mount. Uh, Explain how it looks to the audience. They don't have the ability to see it, so you'll have to paint a picture. And when you see it, it seems like it's a much better physical design. So maybe you could capture that in in words.
1: Sure. Um, Yeah, our system sits over your windowsill like saddlebags, which means that you can still open and close your window unlike a regular window AC you still get most of the light through, you only lose a, a couple inches of space in your window. And it adds like a nice shelf in front of your windows. So you can actually put a plant there or something. Um, we we realized that uh, if we wanted to make the world a better place by lowering building emissions and by increasing access to these important services, it was important to focus on what the customer really needed and what the issues they had were. And so we really, we really from the start, took a look at how we could make the system look and interact with the room in a way that that made sense and made the experience better for the user.
0: So I'll try to explain in very simple terms how a traditional air conditioner works, and then we'll talk a little bit about how yours works. Uh, And to cool a space, people may not realize that it requires a very complex thermodynamic uh, engineering to calculate the sensible and latent heat load and create a mechanical system to do that job. Most people uh, have the ease of just flicking a switch and setting a temperature, but somebody did some heavy calculations uh, prior to that. So in t- simple terms, uh, traditional air conditioners that work inside the home, warm indoor air is cooled as it blows across a coolant, a cold coil uh, that's full of refrigerant. Uh, heat from the indoor air is absorbed into the refrigerant as the refrigerant turned from liquid to gas and the cool air is distributed back to the house. And then typically outside, there is uh, a compressor uh, that has refrigerated gas that's compressed before entering a large coil in the outdoor unit. Heat's released outside as the refrigerants turns back to liquid, and a large fan pulls outdoor air through the outdoor coil, rejecting the heat absorbed from the house and any condensate. Uh, Anything you'd like to add? Is that how a uh, typical air conditioner works?
1: Uh, You nailed it. That's that's (laughs) that's basically right. We call this process a a heat pump. Uh, As you said earlier, my background is very technical. I'm a huge thermodynamics nerd, which is part of the reason I got into this. And and the background of these devices to me is is fascinating because we think of heating and cooling as kind of something we take for granted. Uh, We've been able to make things hot for about a million years (laughs) since we invented fire. But this process of making something cold is kind of new. No one developed this process that you just described until I think the first one was uh, about 200 years ago. Uh, and so things like making your building cold or even making an ice cube is kind of a new development in the way we build societies.
0: So one of the problems with the uh, to the environment from these uh, cooling systems is that you need electricity. So there's emissions from the electric power, but you're also dumping a lot of hot air uh, into the environment which uh, again for uh, places that are already getting uh, super warm this year like the northwest coast and, and the west coast that's not a good thing tell us about how your unit works and how it's better for the environment
1: sure um it's true that you do get a little bit of uh heating local outside of the building as you move basically what a heat pump does is it moves heat from inside to outside making inside colder outside warmer but there's another effect that's that's uh, more important for, for these devices, which is the fact that they're uh, emitting a large portion of our greenhouse gas emissions. And so contributing to the greenhouse effect, which also warms the entire planet, not just the block that you're on. Um, and so this is sort of the vicious cycle that we're here to deal with. And those, those emissions from uh, air conditioners come from two main places. One is the refrigerants that they use. They're really They have really high global warming potential. And so for a kilogram of this refrigerant that gets released into the atmosphere, it's equivalent of about 2000 kilograms of CO2. And uh, the electricity they use obviously often comes from sources that produce a lot of carbon. And then there's one thing I'll add on that, which is that heating is a big part of this problem as well. Our greenhouse gases, excuse me, our greenhouse gas emissions from heating are also very large. And the same device that we use to cool our homes, an air conditioner or a heat pump, if you make it reversible, can also reduce the emissions from heating, which will further prevent global warming and help other people have comfortable lives without without the need for more of these devices.
0: What makes your system more efficient?
1: Well, uh, one issue that limits the efficiency of current window ACs is that they are really space limited. And so they don't have a ton of space for larger components. Um, And this means that they have smaller heat exchangers, If you have a smaller heat exchanger, that heat exchanger needs to be much colder in the case of air conditioning to drive the same amount of cooling capacity that you're looking for. And so one thing that you do today to make a more efficient HVAC is you use a larger heat exchanger. And so our saddlebag architecture gives us a a lot more space to be out of the user's way, but to include higher efficiency components. And the second reason- Go ahead. The other reason that these systems are inefficient is people who buy window ACs typically hate them. They don't love the experience. They're trying to buy the cheapest product that'll just fix the experience that they're having. And they're, they know they're going to have to take it out at the end of the year. No one's really, really willing to pay more money for a more efficient window AC. Uh, but we did realize that people are willing to pay more money for a better user experience. And so, because we're providing a better user experience, we're also including more expensive components that people wouldn't typically pay for in a window AC, but they're willing to pay for if it's a system that's gonna be a little bit more permanent, gonna stay in the window all year round, and will actually look nice in their space.
0: And why is it quieter?
1: It's quieter because we remove the noisy components. We have the same components as other HVAC systems that make the noise, but ours are further outside the building your window is sealed much better with our system. And our uh, these components, the compressor and the condenser fan are the two loudest components typically are are completely outside of the building, kind of like a mini split. Um, and so because of this same components, but just isolated better, we can have a much uh, uh, better audio experience inside inside the room.
0: And how are the outside components connected to the inside components? So
1: typically they're connected with a refrigerant line not in our system, Uh, but if you buy a mini split today, which is probably the the upgrade option that you have if you wanna get rid of your window AC and a house without central air, you buy a mini split. It kind of is the same architecture of ours. One box on the inside, one box on the outside. The difference is those boxes are connected with a high pressure refrigerant line, and this requires a professional technician to connect this line. You can't do it yourself as a consumer. Ours have uh, a proprietary, I think we call it mini-hydronic loop, that is basically a heat transfer system that's at much lower pressure than the refrigerant line and doesn't use a regulated gas like HVAC refrigerants, and therefore you can connect it yourself. Um, This means that you can have this split architecture that exists elsewhere in HVAC, but you can do it without needing pro labor to install.
0: One of the byproducts as you cool air is you produce moisture. Where does all the moisture go?
1: This is also a, a basic problem of thermal that all HVAC systems have. Um, the colder your air is, the less capability it has to hold moisture. And so, typically, if you're cooling air, moisture is going to come out. Also, you want to remove moisture from the air to a, to a limited extent to be comfortable. There's a range of humidities that human most human beings are comfortable in. Uh, and so, window ACs just drip it at the back. More advanced systems try to re-evaporate this liquid over the outdoor heat exchanger which is typically warmer therefore can help evaporate it which both makes sure that less of it drips on the sidewalk or outside of your window and make sure that your system operates more efficiently because you get a cooling boost from that water and that's basically what ours does so you won't have to remove it yourself the internals of the system worry about moving it to the outside where it's re-evaporated on the outdoor unit so that our system is efficient as possible and we're minimizing drips
0: Another challenge with window air conditioners is they're really made for windows that move up and down. Uh, it's hard mm-hmm. to put these in casement windows or other types mm-hmm. of windows. So I assume that this is much more versatile and applicable to uh m- many different openings.
1: Yes, one day. Unfortunately, today we're focused on uh we're focused on being an upgrade for window ACs. So we've designed our first product specifically for a SASH window, which is either a single or double-hung sliding up and down window. And the reason for this is traditionally, most buildings that didn't have central layer were built with this style of window, which is why most window ACs are compatible with this. And so we think this is the largest first market, and it's also the application that lets us displace a lot of the worst systems from a user experience and from an environmental standpoint. But the base technology that we've built that enables us to build this does let us go into a lot of different types of systems, like horizontal sliding systems, or you could drill a small hole through your wall and have a wall mounted unit, more like a traditional mini split. We're definitely excited to get there eventually and to look, also work with different types of new construction that might have really well insulated building envelopes uh, so that we can be even lower capacity and higher efficiency. Uh, But for now, we're starting with an upgrade for the window AC that works with sash type windows.
0: Well, you're looking to launch next year and start to provide your uh, product on a commercial uh, level. What what about price point? Yeah, we're
1: we're not announcing price point yet. Um, we're looking at having the efficiency and power and features of professionally installed products at a fraction of the price. Uh, once we get closer to launch, we'll be we'll be um, talking about price point.
0: But you said it will be less than traditional air conditioning systems.
1: We're looking at uh, being less than the traditional high efficiency, low carbon HVAC systems like mini splits.
0: Uh, any any idea on how much less?
1: Oh, we have an idea.
0: We're just not, not, not ready. <laughs> we're just yet. not announcing until until we're ready to uh, to That's share fair. more about the product. <laughs> a lot could happen during uh, manufacturing. What about emissions? Exactly. Uh, how much uh, greater uh, will your reduction in emissions be?
1: Sure, we love talking about this because this is a big part of our mission. Uh, Our mission is to cool the world by enabling people to have comfortable homes and buildings that don't compromise the environment. And both sides of this mission are important. We want people to have access to cooling and heating because it's been shown to be really important for health and productivity, especially in climates that are suffering the worst effects of climate change. Um, But also we want those systems to not have a big effect on the environment. And so this is why we started the company in the first place. Uh, The emissions from building, heating and cooling come from a couple areas. One is the refrigerants that we use in these systems, as I already talked about. Another one is the byproducts of heating like CO2 after you burn methane and methane that leaks into the atmosphere before it even gets burned. Uh, Because methane has a high global warming potential, you only have to leak a couple percent before it's as big of a problem as the rest of it that you burn. And then lastly, from the energy that these systems use. So we use more environmentally friendly refrigerants in our system. Our first refrigerant is about 70 percent lower carbon footprint than today's refrigerants we want to get that number to 100 percent we want a fully um we want a fully environmentally friendly refrigerant solution eventually and we're working with regulatory bodies to allow that um also our system is an electric heat pump which means in the winter our system will keep operating and provide heat instead of cooling um it can't cover all of your heating loads it's more like a space heater but uh down the road we're looking at Uh, building systems that are cold climate heat pumps, which means they can provide all of your heating. And every unit of heat that you provide with our system versus your natural gas system is about, I think, about 70% lower carbon footprint than burning natural gas. And then lastly, we would like to reduce the carbon emissions of electricity. And our system does that by being smart so that it can work when the carbon footprint of the electricity is lowest. For example, if you have a solar panel on your house or if the utility um, uh, is uh operating more off clean energy
0: well heat pump technology has been around for a long time what advancements occurred that allowed you to bring this to market now
1: mm-hmm. one thing that we saw as a big barrier to uh, adoption of heat pumps and we know heat pumps have been around for a while and one of the questions we asked ourselves when we started the company was this is a really great tech for helping us decarbonize the built environment and have comfortable homes why is no one adopting it um, there are some issues with the user experience of today's heat pumps, but the main issue we saw is that they're really expensive to install, and it's often hard to find the installer who will install a type of heat pump you want. And so, uh, the barrier to adoption was mostly around the process of buying it, of finding the right heat pump for you and finding someone to install it, which is why we thought if we built a system that looked way nicer than your current system, that made your room more beautiful, made your window more easier to use, and that you could install yourself with no labor, we could get heat pumps into homes faster. Um, And like I said, the uh, heating capacity of our first system is sort of like a space heater for that specific room. Eventually we wanna upgrade to the capacity to be able to be the only heat source for a building. And this is our end goal because it'll let us work toward fully decarbonized buildings. So basically the short answer is we just made it easier to get a heat pump into your home.
0: That that, that solves a lot of problems right there, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, your company was founded in 2017. Uh, What are some of the challenges you faced in launching a company, you know, being an entrepreneur and going into an appliance market where there's some pretty well-capitalized competitors?
1: Yeah, well, I think you you pretty much said it right there. (laughs) Uh, Having a startup in the hardware space is already difficult. The time that it takes to develop a new hardware product is just longer and more expensive than the time that it takes to develop a software product also it's harder to catch up to the big guys in hardware um and the supply chain the process of buying the components that you need to build these it's even harder in hvac than it is in other areas like electronics it's super tough to be a startup and call up a company and ask for a compressor um but uh we had a couple headwinds for us too we came from a community that uh, had done a lot of research on energy and manufacturing um, and was uh, had been really successful in winning government grants. Also at a time where there were a lot of people interested in the environment and specifically around removing the carbon footprint or reducing the carbon footprint of buildings. Um, we brought on a really amazing team early on who had a lot of experience, uh, some of them specifically in HVAC and so had connections in HVAC supply chain um, that really got us over the hump of getting through the initial prototype cycles to show that this technology worked and that people were excited about it. Um, it's still difficult, it still will be for a while we, we I, you know, we won't be done until we've been sure that all everyone can have a building that has no carbon emissions and is still super comfortable and that's a, a long and, and approaching impossible goal. Um, but luckily, luckily, like I said, there's there's a lot of young people out there who are super excited to design cool new products that can have a positive impact in the world. And so um, we, have, we have an amazing team of really smart people who, who are working really hard on this
0: problem. Well, the fuel for all startups is capital. How about raising capital? Talk about the challenges there.
1: Yeah, it's funny because when we first started, we would say, we're a hardware startup making air conditioners. And a lot of people were like, oh, good luck with that. Things have changed a bit, Um, right? I think the year after we were incorporated, a book came out called Project Drawdown, which uh, listed a hundred ways to mitigate global warming ranked in order of biggest impact. The number one thing on that list was uh, preventing the emissions of refrigerants that we use in HVAC. And at this point, I think we knew this, but no one was really talking about this publicly. And this was the first big splash of someone saying, hey, we've got to get refrigerants under control. At that point, not a lot of people were talking about heat pumps, but since then, there's been a lot more press around the importance of heat pumps. Uh, Berkeley was the first city in the US to ban natural gas for heating and new construction. Several other cities have followed. New York City and state have passed building decarbonization targets that effectively mandate that they're gonna have all of their buildings running off of electric heat pump heating instead of fossil fuel heating. Um, And so there's been a huge wave of interest in innovating in the built environment since we started and a renewed interest in investing in things that can be world positive and, and help the economy. I think a lot of people are realizing that no business is going to be successful if people are suffering and if we don't have stable economies because of the effects of climate change. And so there's a lot more interest now in building specifically and in investing in climate tech. Um, and so we're excited to be part of that community.
0: If you don't mind mentioning how much capital have you raised to date?
1: Yes, we've raised 13 and a half million in venture capital from investors. Uh, we've also brought in, who I have to check, I think nine and a half million in government grants from agencies like the California Energy Commission, California St- Strategic Growth Council and Department of, and Department of Energy. Um, Honestly, it would have been almost impossible to do this without both of those sources of capital. Uh, we're really excited that governments are starting to invest in this important area. And we're excited that VCs understand that this is a huge opportunity. Um, and like I said, uh, hardware is tough, takes a lot of time, and it takes a lot of money. Um, and so we're, we're really excited to finally uh, introduce our product to the market next year and, um, and uh, start, start our journey of, of reducing building carbon emissions.
0: Well, we've had one of the hottest summers uh, in in history. Uh, So so with uh, global warming and climate change, staying cool is going to become more and more important. So thank you for being on the show, and thank you for uh, what you're doing to try to reduce emissions and keep us cool in a sustainable manner.
1: Great. Thank you. I really enjoyed the conversation. And thank you for uh, continuing to spread the word and and, uh, uh, talk about these important topics.
0: That's Vince Romanin, CEO of Greenian, talking about their new innovative heat pump air conditioning units. This is Robert CalAngelo and you're listening to Green Sense. Subscribe to our podcast at greensensefarms.com. Listen to the Green Sense Minute every Thursday and Saturday on News Radio 780 and 105.9 FM, WBBM Chicago.